Welcome back, friends. It's nice to see you again. Sorry, we're starting a little bit late today, and we're going to be out of time at the hour, so we'll go right to Dr. Cousins. And today, he's going to be responding to uh, questions. Is there any significance to the Maui virus? What does it mean in the specific and the larger sense? So, welcome, Dr. Cousins. Thank you for your time and for being here. I appreciate it. Well, Richard, I'm happy to be here and happy to be sharing this kind of forum with you. Yeah. As also, I thank Doug for orchestrating it. So we're going to do a little dance to bring spiritual energy, the spiritual joy going. And then we'll go into three minutes of meditation. And then we'll go into our discussion. So let's get started here. Let me just do something. Okay.
So just focus on my eyes as we go into meditation. Repeat the mantra if you have one. If you don't, yoda and then breath, hey and the up breath. Wa and then breath, hey and the up breath. Yoda from the base up to the heart, hey out to the heart, wa from the base of the third eye, and hey out to the heart again. Here we go. Just a few minutes.
Yo. Okay, so we come out of meditation. And now, we're going to talk about a really hot subject. The Maui fires. Now, there's a lot of speculation, and, and because we don't have all the, obviously, evidence, there's a lot of, um, we don't know. It's unlikely that it was a forest fire. Um, it's unlikely that heavy winds would create a fire or create it being dry because they've had people live there for 40, 50 years. We've never had anything like this happen. It's unlikely that there could be a fire that burns metal, burns ship, ships in the harbor from, uh, the breeze blows into the island and ships are outside the island and somehow sparks from the fire burnt the ships. That's unlikely. It's unlikely that trees are left alone, although some I saw one or two trees that were burnt, and houses burnt down. Um, there's a lot of unlikelies here. The only thing it's like is what we saw in Northern California, uh, near Santa Rosa, where I used to live. And that is what they call directed energy weapons, where the trees are fine, the metal cars burn up, which is not the way it works. If there's a serious forest fire, the cars don't burn, the trees burn. And so there's a lot of evidence without going through the whole thing that this was a directed energy weapon uh, fire. Uh, as people look at it more and more, and I will tell you in talking to people in Maui, there's a f- not everybody gets that. Uh, you know, They don't know what really happened. How's it just happened in one place called Lanaya? Uh, you know? And so there are lots of questions uh, and I think we're going to see as people wake up that something very serious happened. It's called a, an attack on Maui. It just so happens that Lanaya is like a super prime piece of property uh, <clears throat> owned mostly by native Hawaiians who did not want to sell their properties. Not unlike what we saw in Santa Rosa and I think a little bit in Southern California as well. I don't I don't know as much about that. Um, and this kind of fire that just burnt down a specific area with no cause, and I'm gonna say no cause speculative what it just only happened Lanai, didn't happen the rest of the island. On and on. There's too many things. Not to think that we have directed energy weapons uh, playing a role. And the pattern certainly looks like that when you see the aftermath. Okay, 
that's as far as I can go on that. It just is looking more than a little suspicious. Um, and it's hard for people to understand. Now, for my friends who live near Lanaya, uh, however you pronounce it, this is a, a way of getting rid of the local ownership because they burnt, they spent their lifetimes, they burnt it to, to cinders. They destroyed it. Not going to be worth so much, except if you're a big corporation wanting to make a 15-minute city. Uh, they've had a, they're actually talking about, or had been talking about, turning all of Maui into a 15-minute island. But apparently the issue of 15-minute cities has been front and center. They've had workshops, international workshops there about that. So there's a certain amount of people who do feel that uh, this area may be turned into a 15-minute city, and this is their way of clearing it, like they may have been doing it in Southern California and in Santa Rosa. This remains to be seen, but that is the way people are interpreting it, some people. For some people, it's just a a magical fire that just happened, it's never happened before, and then wind blows and it's dry and it's hard to think about islands being dry so it's a relative statement so what we have is a situation where you know obviously people got killed we don't know the story whether it's a hundred people or more or less but we have a displacement of local people against their will um under what I would call suspicious circumstances. So this raises real questions, you know, when we're looking at a world that there's tremendous military power and they can do whatever uh, they want at one level. They can do whatever they want at one level until the people wake up and say, no, you can't. And I think that's... uh, What's going on? I don't think that's going to happen in Maui. I, I don't think there will be much resistance because uh, the people aren't. Uh, there's a nice life out there. They're, they're not so uh, politically motivated. And again, it's the people who are thinking the way I'm thinking are in a definite minority uh, on that island. So. The bigger picture is the power of the globalists versus the power of the people. Is this how that's going to go? We're just going to have overwhelming technological uh, use use of technology to uh, terrorize the people. Richard, I'm going to invite you in because I know you have some feelings about it. Um, because I don't there's only so far we can go I can go with this um, people really know so Richard I'd like to hear what you have to say yeah it's a really, really significant subject Dr. Cousins on several levels you know I'm, I'm not familiar the initial idea came with if it was local, it could have been local. Nobody wanted to take over the land, like you said, and 
We saw something very similar in Northern California during the unnatural fires there, and there were pictures of directed energy starting the Northern California fires. So I don't know if there have been similar pictures on Maui yet or not. Yeah, we saw we saw trees not burn and houses burnt down next to them. No, I know that. Talking about pictures of the actual directed energy weapons. Oh yeah. In Santa Rosa, we had the the beam of light that looked like a laser coming right. out of the clouds to the forest. Right. And, and you're right that the fires don't burn like that. And there's many ways that that would fit together. Um, for a long time, it's been part of the agenda to get people really worried as much as possible about climate change and global warming. Global warming, first of all, but then just in case it didn't get warm fast enough, you know, and kill all the polar bears and everything by 2013 or whenever, uh, they changed it to climate change. And the theme of being terrified of something that you have to give up your rights for remained, whether it's global warming or climate change. They, some people said the authorities were trying to cover up how bad it was. That was never true. They were trying yeah, to maximize fear. Interrupt for a second is that I look at the people doing the real temperature thing, there has been no temperature increase for 17 years. Right. And on, on top of that, there's no, no correlation at all between CO2 levels and global temperature. If you look at the figures. There's also no correlation between volcanoes, earthquakes, <coughs> fires. The rate of fires around the world has actually gone down right. in the last two years. But most people are not going to research that. And if they believe the mainstream news, which is a science of getting dressed up really fancy and having a certain facial expression and your makeup just right and speaking condescendingly but compassionately to the ignorant masses and saying, you know, you, we understand you're not capable of really understanding this, but take our word for it that global warming is going to kill you unless you move into the 15-minute city, give up your car. Uh, ultimately, the best thing you could do is stop exhaling and only inhale. But most people aren't up to that at the moment. So what they're doing instead is pushing government-sanctioned suicide because there's too many people and we're being taught that the problem on Earth is humans. You know, we know that carbon is an evil element, according to the agenda. And we happen to be based on uh, carbon compounds. So the less people, the better. And, and they're getting to the point where hoping that people will accept the most ridiculous stuff they're saying. Well, it's been discovered by a consensus of scientists that trees also have carbon. So we have to cut down and bury the trees to save the world while we're eliminating farming. And this is part of the agenda of insanity, backed up by events like the Maui fires to prove climate change is going to burn down everything. So that's part of what it looks like. Well, I think this is a little bit more aggressive what happened because a lot of people, I mean, a certain amount of people know that Lanai, taking over Lanai 
and it just being directed at one place is a little unusual, but part of the struggle for land. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, who was it, one of Hitler's ministers that said, maybe it was Goebbels, I don't know, if you're going to lie to the people and you want to accept it. It was Goebbels. Okay, tell the biggest lie that you can, because people won't be able to grasp that you would lie that ridiculously. You know, they're, they're geared to catch little lies. Uh, a thousand people died and it was only 900 or something like that. But if you say global warming is killing everybody and it's going to destroy the planet, nobody would make that up. And that's exactly what Now they're saying farms have to be eliminated. You know, there was a German legislator just a day or two ago pretty much laid it all out in a very beautiful talk. Are you familiar with that? Christine Anderson. Yeah, and she kind of laid out global takeover by the globalists and the WEF. So it's not like people who are regular politicians, I'll say regular because she's an important politician in Germany, you know, who was an elected politician, are actually pointing out what's going on. And a lot more people are aware there are as many people willing to speak out, but I think it's going to grow. Yeah, there, there's a senator in the United States named Ron Johnson in a similar category with the COVID scam. And he was not allowed on regular Fox News, but he was allowed in their business news probably by mistake. And he was interviewed by Maria Barter, I think that's her name. And he was saying, yeah, cool. I mean, he's a little late figuring this out, but at least he's saying it. And he's saying that COVID was engineered and pre-planned as proven by Event 201 years before the actual fake pandemic was declared. And it is starting to come out. And and they're all in agreement that the next pandemic is being gotten ready to release right now. And they're trying to figure the best time to do that and the news that should lead up to it. And at the same time, they're looking at climate lockdowns because all the news people were saying how wonderful the lockdowns were for the environment. Air pollution got better and things like that. Well, it didn't work for the environment. It didn't work for the people. The rates of suicide were approximately 10 times higher. That's right. not exactly a winning combination. Kids in school, uh, with the school shut down, lost a year of, uh, let's say, cognitive uh, development. didn't right. work for the kids. Um, so it didn't work for overall society. It didn't work for the business, the small businesses. Because they shut those down and only kept the big businesses open as if there was a difference. And it didn't work for the churches because they shut those down also. Churches and synagogues. So it did work, but not the way I would like to see it work because it worked against the people in favor of the global control. And I think this is just speculation. I think more as more people get aware of it, 
I think we're going to see some serious resistance to an attempt to create another global scare. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why it hasn't been initiated yet, because they're worried about how much resistance will there be. Yeah, so um, I think something, I don't know what's going to happen with the Maori thing, because it, it points out, you know, when you look at it, it's so much like Santa Rosa, and I guess there's a city north of that, too. I can't remember the name of it. Um, where, same picture, as I said, cars catching on fire, but not trees. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as people begin to get the seriousness of it, is that we as a human race are under attack by a mass minority. I think people uh, are more going to wake up, if nothing more than just a sense of preservation. We'll see. But the prophecy is that is what's going to happen, and the globalists will lose. And I keep, and it's important to keep saying that because it looks hopeless and all this thing. But in in the big picture, God's going to take charge, and, and Satan. Let's take it to a metaphysical level here. Satan is not going to win, and God's will will prevail, even though it's neck and neck at a certain level. It, in the end, in the end, maybe in the next few years, we're going to see God's will prevail, and the dark forces be defeated. Right. So I think that's a way of understanding it. Anybody that's really got empathy and understands what people are being put through now doesn't want it to go another few years, you know, like enough. And there, there's uh, another situation similar to Santa Rosa and Maui that also happened recently, and that was eastern Canada, where there were a whole bunch of fires set at one time, and they arrested arsonists for a lot of it. But the news still reported that it was due to global warming. Right, because anything that fire, it's global warming rather than arsonists or directed energy weapons or different things. So, uh, But I think that story is harder and harder to solve. And, and that's, I think, important. Story is what I couldn't quite hear. Harder and harder to solve. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. And it's amazing that they can find people that call themselves environmentalists that are willing to start the fires for the sake of saving the earth. I mean, it's really, a, it should be diagnosable as some kind of mental illness, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, that's more in Eastern, what happened in Eastern Canada and some other places. I, I don't think that's what happened in Maui. Either. No, I'm not saying Maui. Right. But in, in, in California, it definitely happened. And in Canada. Right. So you know, there are real environmental problems that need to be addressed. I mean, these materials that are designed by engineers to never biodegrade are not necessary. They could be replaced by something much more advanced. And, you know, we don't need to be polluting the oceans and intentionally spraying poison into the air and all these different things. But that, you know, that, that's what got me into being 
so involved in organic gardening and farming and environmentalism from the 60s on. But it has nothing to do with the scam that they're using that name for now, which is the environmentalism that says, basically, you're an evil carbon life form. And as soon as you stop breathing, the environment's going to get better. It's really the bottom line. I feel um, a little disconnected from some of that energy. I remember an interview I did many years ago. There was a, when I lived in California, there was a lady who spent a year up in a tree. In oh, yeah, I remember that too. And she, she was good. And I was interviewing her. And I, I challenged her. I said, well, I just want to get clear. You're worried about the environment, but you're still eating meat. Can you explain to me how you can still be eating meat when you know that meat takes up more land, you know, two-thirds more land, two-thirds more water, you know, and, and you're still eating meat. And I went through the whole discussion about it, you know, not not a 10-second discussion, a longer discussion. Really and I said, if you're serious about it, I think you need to become a vegan. And she thought about it. She said, okay, I'll, I get it. I'll do it. And I checked into with her a year later, and she sure enough, she was a vegan. So, interesting. You know, but that's I, I'm making is real. This lady was sincere. I mean, you live a year in a tree, you got to be pretty sincere. That's You're not true. monkeying around. Although monkeys live in trees, you are monkeying around. Yeah, and most of the environmental people are sincere. They've just been co-opted into working against life. And the whole meat issue is an example of the two ways of looking at a single issue. One is the advantages of not eating meat are not just what you said. They're also the fact that you don't have to kill animals. Right. But the reason that the UN and these other criminal organizations are trying to ban eating meat is totally evil. I mean, they're not coming from the same place at all. And they're, they're trying to infect people now with a uh, disease that make them have a violent reaction if they try to eat meat. That's not part of the beneficial, you know, life-centered approach. They want, they want to ban eating meat because if, if the people who don't know anything about health stop eating meat and they don't do anything healthy, they're just going to get weaker. And that's the point. And they want to shut down farming and shut down the economy. You know, they sound like environmentalists and health people. But it's like, it's like saying that the World Health Organization is concerned about health. I'm just saying that saying that the UN is sincere about trying to, to get people the benefit of not being eating meat is like saying that the World Health Organization cares about your health, except that the World Health Organization does care about your health. They, they want to make sure you don't have any of it. You know, and they're, yeah. and they're, wor they're working together with the other agencies to make sure freedom is also eliminated along with health. So that's the battle, and it's getting clear. And yeah. the good news is it's getting clearer. Yeah, and, and okay. so it presents people with real 
life choices. And this is a time of real life choices. Are you going to go along with this? Because you can't comply your way out of tyranny. Right. Christine said that too. That's right. That's where she read the same source as I did. You can't comply yourself out of tyranny. It doesn't work, okay? So people are now looking at strategies. And what I would say Without a strategy, I look at an attitude, which is not to comply or consent. And if you use those two words together, you'll see you're not willing to be taken advantage of. And it's different than saying, I know I'm being taken advantage of, but what can I do? You say, you can do things, you know. And the Canadian truck drivers made that point pretty clear. Yeah. And in the beginning, when you try to do stuff like that, like the Canadian truck drivers did, you may have a price to pay. Many of them had severe consequences. But when you realize that the orders that you're being told to comply with are suicidal, not only for you personally, but also for the humanity as a whole. You don't have a choice. You know, you just say, well, I, I can't, can't do that. And I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to be penalized this way. I don't want my truck confiscated. But I can't go along with, you know, suicidal orders. So we just have to help each other find alternatives, support in getting through it too the other side of the whole thing, because this can't keep going on. So where you go with that is where we need to go, which is why we're having this program, is we're doing this to support people. Yeah. I don't have to convince Richard this is the right way. He doesn't have to convince me, okay? And in a way, we don't necessarily have to convince the listeners, but the more we talk about it, the more we empower people, which is what this is, what this is actually about. It's like wow, this is pretty, this is more than a little serious, and we need to be that serious about it. Right. Yeah, the political differences are superficial compared to who we are. Yeah, so, um, I don't know what the follow-up will be in Maui, but Maui is not the, the issue, actually, although we started with that. The issue is, do we choose to comply and consent to what's going on, or do we choose to actively not comply in a non, you know, in, in a peaceful way? And, and that's that's what has to happen. People have to be able to start standing up and, and, and taking a risk. Um. I kind of leave it that way. Is is that we have to we have to do what we're doing. So we're doing the this show. We do other things. That people have to do at this point. You know, that's what's really important here. And, and and make make our voices heard in a way like what happened with Anheuser Bush. That was a very important lesson. And some of the other stores who have done these type of things, people are acting in good ways. 
to making statements about the oppression that's going on. Were you going to say something, Richard? No, I totally agree with you. It's just we don't have a choice. I mean, once once you understand what's being done to humanity and what the agenda is and what the goal is and its extermination, especially if you're within the power structure somewhere and you are working for it, thinking that, well, yeah, we have to reduce the number of people because there's too many people, but it's not going to reduce me or my family or the people that I care about. We'll be in the elite remnant. And the problem with that line of thought is, number one, you don't realize you're connected to everybody that's being targeted. They're your family. And the other one, maybe that you can relate to easier, is nobody is really scheduled to be left alive. This is not 50%. It's not 60%. It's not 90%. It's 100%. And they just have their reasons for not telling the people that they want to use to carry it out that they're going to be victimized by it too. As soon as you realize that, we, ha- we need people within the power structure listening to what Dr. Cousins just said and not complying, and the whole thing would stop. They now, could give order and nobody would follow it. So, Richard, you're referring to kind of an off-planet pressure of the elite. Not just off-planet. I'm saying off-dimension. I don't think it's ETs. I th- I've seen my experience is I've encountered some of these beings directly is it's coming from what I call the lower astral region. And in there are some very dark individuals that are giving orders to the ruling families. And that's where Satanism comes from. You know, that's where the orders are being given and they're being given every day and they're being given in a lot of places. And then there's a whole power structure under it, like a pyramid shaped organization where it filters down and it gets people to carry out this organized systematic destruction of life not for money they, they use money at the mid levels to motivate corporations and governments at the top it has nothing to do with money it's about worshiping pain and destruction for its own sake it's a sickness it's called sickness yeah Okay, so we just elevated this discussion from, you know, uh, energy weapons in Maui to what's really going on at a, at a higher level, and it still is stopped by the will of the people who are amplifying the will of God, because God does not support this dark forces. Yeah. The beauty of the dark forces is they're there to help forces of light wake up and activate and take their life and mission more seriously. And, and that's the way I'm kind of emphasizing it is that, uh, you know, we have a mission to elevate the whole planet, to bring light to the whole planet, to bring love to the whole planet, to bring, you know, the sacred sound of the divine to the whole planet. We have that mission and I uplift all humanity, which will succeed. But it's a question of how bumpy we want the road to be. The sooner we start complying, stop complaining, and consenting, the sooner it is. 
But I think that's the thing we have to understand is it's time now. It's really time. And to use the Maui thing is just another real reminder that this is very serious. It's on the line. So I want to end my part of it by saying, you know, our this is a call to wake up. It's a call to action to bring light and love, hope, and creativity to uplifting all of humanity. And I bless everybody for being willing to listen to this, our show, and more important, to be inspired to go to another level of action to bring more light, love, and peace to the planet. Oh, Thank you. I totally think that's the point. And one of the main focuses, in addition to the all the programs that you've got going on at uh, drcousins.com, treeoflife.mn.co, is the World Peace Meditation. Once a week on Sundays, U.S. time, Sunday morning, U.S. time, and other other corresponding times around the world. Um, join us for that. I'm, I'm there every week, along with Dr. Cousins, who's leading it. And we also have Planetary Healing Club going on, focused on what do you do the rest of the time? What consciousness do you choose to carry? And how to make it a practical reality so that you can live in the emotional reality that you choose, not by being oblivious to what's going on, but by removing your emotional consent from that to the lighter reality that we come from. In other words, remembering who we are and what our source is, making God, taking God from a belief to an everyday experience. And, you know, I'm aware that I'm totally, you know, not at a place where I have any basis to talk about that because I haven't mastered it to the degree that I know we need to. But I remember it. I know it's critical. I know it's the, it's the core issue. And humans waking up, the reason that that's going to have the positive outcome that Dr. Cousins was just referring to is that light is the reality. Darkness is a temporary obstruction. And we need to use it to get back to the reality. And talking about that is one thing. The experience is the whole thing, making our life experience connected to that while we're down here in the 3D world. That's the whole point. And one day is not less important than another. And I'd say, yeah, it's going to turn out good in the end. I know that too. But enough, okay. We, we got to do it soon. We got to do it now. Otherwise, we just prolong the torture that's being inflicted on life all over the world. And I don't you know that we need to keep doing that. I mean, it's up to us. So let's remember who we are, take action like Dr. Cousins is saying, and come back to the reality, not in a belief, not to try to make others change their mind, but you become what you always were in real everyday experience. And we can help each other do that. So treeoflife.mn.co and drcousins.com. Just, just to add to it, Richard, yes. is what you're talking about is beautifully articulated. And we actually are going to do a spiritual fast, which is aimed at all those goals you just said. 
to help you wake up physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, not only just to physically detox, but to expand consciousness to actively do that. And that starts September 4th. And, uh, and they can just go to, it's a seven, a seven day fast. Okay. They should go to tree of and get all the information. But that is aimed specifically. It's an internet fast. Right. To help people have the power to empower people to do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I've used it a lot. I totally support that. We need to do all of these aids that can help us and then also go beyond it to change where we're coming from in everyday life and help each other to get to that point. So that's what we're after in Planetary Healing Club. You're welcome to join us there if you want to. And uh, whatever you do, whatever aids you make use of, realize the importance of the time and uh, make the best use of it. We, we need each other's help right now. Let's make today better. So thanks for being here. And thanks to Dr. Cousins. And we'll look forward to meeting you again next time. Take care. Oh, very good. Thank you, Richard. And blessings to everyone. Yeah, amen.